welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Foodie Network Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Evan Lionheart of evanlionheart.com in New Jersey, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, Conjurman of Conjurman Consulting in Mission Viejo, California, and this week's special guest. Deacon Millet of FourAltars.org in the high desert of California, bringing us advice and tips on becoming a root worker. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divine and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooist of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman. Ms. Kat? Hi. How are you doing today, Evan? I'm doing just well. Thank you so much. I'm uh, enjoying a nice, peaceful Sunday here with my cats. So, <laughs> all right. How about well, I'm you? glad it's I'm glad it's peaceful. I know um, we've got a uh, a really full program today and a really hot topic to talk about. So I'm going to kind of skip over um, about my life, other than to say that um, I had a wonderful time. Uh, putting together one of my secret web pages for my Patreon patrons, and uh, the boy, it's rough when the Patreon deadline falls on the day of the radio show. <laughs> That's tough, man. <laughs> but I did it. It's a great little page on the history of the Tiffany Birthstone poem and birthstones in general. Fabulously illustrated. And folks, I just want to tell you, for $2 a week, you get all of this really cool writing that I'm doing just for my patrons. It doesn't have to sell anything. It doesn't have to be about any one specific topic. It's all about folk magic and all about um, the ephemera and the and the material culture of folk magic. So I'm uh, just telling you, $2 a week, uh, support me, help me. <laughs> Otherwise, I've got to go out and give readings. And I love to give readings, but, you know, when I give a reading, it goes into someone's ear and it's gone. And if you mm. want to see more of what I actually do think, have, feel, be, and can make, $2 a week, folks, $8 a month, and you can get these secret private pages, support me, I'm begging. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I'm just saying, you'll love it, because I put a lot of work into them. All right, yes. that was my plug. And the latest one is absolutely beautiful, so um, I think it's my favorite so far. And you've already done an update, even <laughs> adding the yeah, I know. Tiffany right Gems the and show. Precious Stones <laughs> chart. Since this morning, it's been updated. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah, and I'm, the Scottish agate, the Scottish agate, um, yes, looking booth, uh, Julie, yeah, all that stuff. I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty intense. Um, thank you. That was yeah. a voice from the peanut gallery. We'll hear more from him later. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
sit back down, honey. Um, now, let's say hi to Countryman Ali. Hello, hello. Hope you all are doing lovely and having a great week, or at least the start of a new week. Last week was uh, mm. the last week of Mercury and retrograde, and what a Mercury and retrograde it was. <laughs> I mean, this oh, one yeah. was for the books. This one was for the books, yep. I've got to say. I think that there was just, between, I mean, the technological collapse that we saw just everywhere, I don't know what it was, but every day someone else was getting exposed online for doing something ridiculously stupid or racist or homophobic or whatnot, <laughs> and then just... <laughs> just kind of showing their ass online. And I'm sitting there going, y'all, it's Mercury in retrograde. Just shut up. <laughs> just shut up. <laughs> Stop exposing yourself. This one really was, I'm usually not too affected by Mercury in retrograde. My Mercury's pretty well placed. Mercury comes around and I surf it. I'm like, all right, let's just surf it. A little bit of pickups here or there. But I, it was like, as, if anyone has seen that meme of, of, the, of the dog that's sitting there saying, that's fine, and everywhere around him is fire. That's what I thought. Yeah, like. yeah, right. And looking, I was, I was all right, but looking around, I'm like, good Lord, everyone's burning their houses down. And then you had, you know, Texas froze over, and the electrical grid went out, and, and now they're, like, charging people. Some guy was just talking about how he, he has electric bill is now $16,000 for the month. Because of deregulation. Wow. I mean, Jesus. Like, talk about, like, the ghost in the machine coming to haunt people back, right? Like, you deregulate, you know, utilities, and then they do shit like this in the middle of an emergency. So it was definitely one of those moments where you went, wow, Mercury in retrograde really, it really decided 2021 it was going to come to fight. It was going to start some fights with some people. So that was interesting. It's stationing direct, so a little bit of a deep breath. We're not quite out of it yet. But on that aside, I should say, and we should remark, being that we are spiritual workers, that we have uh, formally passed the milestone of 500,000 deaths from COVID. Um, And I do think it's significant for us to note it, one, because death of this scale that doesn't go commemorated. It does something to a nation's spirituality. It does something to a nation's soul. Um, we commemorate horrible events. We commemorate things like the Holocaust. We remember them, right? We say we won't forget. We think about Pearl Harbor. We think about 9-11, things like that. And it seems that COVID, because the, the enemy is an invisible enemy, um, it kind of, kind of flies under the radar, but 500,000 deaths. And I remember it was this time last year um, just a few weeks before in 2020, where Kat, you know, we were talking about this. And the, the, we were saying, well, look, we're going to get close to a million. And at the time, no one was like, there's no way we could get close to a million. And, and yet here we are, passing 500,000, and we're not slowing down anytime soon, unfortunately. So, you know, if, if you're listening to the sound of my voice, this is a perfect opportunity for you to step up to the community, light a candle, say a prayer. Any type of uh, vigil work, communal vigil work in particular, is definitely encouraged. Just a prayer for those who, who passed. Even people who didn't pass from COVID are going to be shaped by this experience, the ability of having to fly back during uh, pandemic restrictions for funerals, right? So there's a lot of of, of far-reaching consequences that we've seen in the past year. And being spirit workers, I just wanted to kind of highlight that. 
put a, you know, kind of point it out and remind people this is the time to say a prayer, to commemorate, to remember those who have been lost to this disease. Wow. Yeah. Thank you very much for that. And I will say um, this has been one of the creepiest Mercury retrogrades in a couple of years. I mean, we get three of them. Three of them per year. Some of them just pass me by. But this, this one, one was funky. a little harsh. <laughs> a little, yeah. Yeah, a little yeah, harsh. And uh, my and my poor. See, I have. Um, it was in Aquarius, and I have the Moon in Aquarius, so I just got a little emotionally mm. edgy and stuff. But my poor darling husband, who's a Scorpio, which is square that Mercury retrograde, and was born with Mercury retrograde, and is usually immune to it was just, I mean, just to try to find a version of some old software that had been hosed on his computer system, whatever, the calling Amazon trying to figure out what the hell they did with our books. I mean, I think Nagashiba spent the entire three weeks on the phone (laughs) with tech support. Oh, goodness. goodness. (laughs) It was horrible. it's, this one was for the one for the book. They're not all like this, but this one was definitely. Right. No, they're not oh, all. God. This is this was particularly, uh, particularly wretched because we've all gone so much to electronic communication, and it was in Aquarius, yeah. which rules technology. So it kind of hit everything, you know, um, uh, happening technologically that could. The grid going down. My God. I mean, you know, uh, and you were so right. I mean, all of it. It's all Ronald Reagan's fault, okay? We just, us old <laughs> folks can always. just say that. Ronald Reagan's fault, the deregulation, and the idea of this Texas exceptionalism, why we don't need to be part of the federal thing because uh, yep. we're big yeah. enough. You know, yeah, look what happened, baby. You you figured it out now. Do you want to be part of the federal uh, system? You might, <laughs> but yep. uh, yeah. it, takes a couple of, it takes a couple of events like this to make people think about it. Yep. All yep. right, well, today we have a wonderful topic. Um, the um, the topic is, so you want to be a root worker. And uh, we're going to bring in to talk about that our dear friend Deacon Millett. So let's say hi first to Deacon Millett and tell us what's going on in your world. Welcome, welcome. Oh, thank you. Good to be here. Um, I'm just... Uh, puttering on with all the same old stuff, working on a, a new book that will be released for the the next virtual Voodoo Heritage Festival. And um, I've been working on the Hoodoo the Psychics website um, and doing things there and um, just talking with a bunch of my clients. It's the last three weeks were very intense. So, oh, yeah. um, you know, it's I, I. Most people made it through, and I'm I'm happy to report. So, um, but yeah, it, just hard times and trying to help people for now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep, that's what it's about. That is definitely what it's about: getting getting people helped. So that does bring us to our topic. So you want to be a root worker? So I'm going to take just a moment here to introduce this topic and I'm going to put this in a specific time and place again if people are listening to this 15 years from now wondering what mm. we were talking about the pandemic mm. is never far from us I yeah. know that we we have done this show um, 
since 2004. And every few weeks, maybe every month and a half, somebody calls up and says, I'd like to know, do I have spiritual gifts sufficient to become a reader? Do I have Mm. spiritual gifts sufficient to become a root worker? What should I do? And we'll read for them and let them know if they do. Very often they do. Uh, Just asking the question kind of puts you somewhere on the map of the territory. I mean, Mm -hmm. how many people get up in the morning and go, could I be a crystal ball reader? Nah, not too many. (laughs) But with the pandemic has come the lockdowns. And with the lockdowns has come the need to earn a living at home. And with the need to earn a living at home has come an awful lot of scrambling for either contract jobs, you know, doing accounting from home or whatever, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but um, but also doing um, jobs that are saleable as a kind of a one-off. So people who have any kind of crafts talent, they're making patchwork quilts, they're making dream catchers, they're make, making friendship bracelets, they're whatever, but usually not food. I mean, some of them are making cupcakes, but most of them are making things that can be sold um, mm-hmm. you know, through a crafts outlet like Etsy or even through eBay. However, there are other people who's, who really are people who are more um, uh, drawn to the spiritual side. And let's say they had a, a day job working for AT&T, and suddenly they were one of the 33,000 people that AT&T cut. Or mm-hmm. maybe even worse, they were working for Popeye's chicken sandwich Louisiana kitchen and they were one of the 33 people that Popeye's cut because mm-hmm. no one's going out and buying those beautiful chicken sandwiches anymore and I miss them like hell and so but I won't I will not go there I can't I can't but you know you think about it and there's mm-hmm. all those workers that were making those beautiful chicken sandwiches for me and my million friends what are they going to do and some of them say well I do come from Louisiana and I do know how to do root work maybe I could be a root worker Mm-hmm. And now, these days, as a reader, I have been getting these calls, sometimes one or two per day. Mm-hmm. People yeah. calling me up for scheduled readings and people calling me up through AIR, you know, A-I-R-R, mm-hmm. and people calling me up through Hoodoo Psychics, where I'm charged by the minute. They can get an instant reading with me, and the thing they want to know about is not whether Bobby is going to come back. They want to know could I be a root worker? Could I be a reader? So it's become a topic. Now, it may go away, you know, when when times are tough, people make interesting choices. But right now, it's all over the atmosphere. Can I be a root worker? So it's about time we had this show. Now I'm going to turn this over to Deacon Millett, and he's going to take us away on the topic. <laughs> well, thanks. Um, I... I... I want to talk about this in terms of uh, our ecosphere um, where we have your class as a way um, for people to really learn the nitty-gritty about root working. And um, we have Hoodoo Psychics, which is a place for those people who graduate your course and who want to read on the phone lines to do that, um, that gives them the two years of um, professional experience in the field 
to move on to joining the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers. So um, there are these, these steps that we have in place um, to make uh, this process kind of uh, work for people um, who, who want a, a, a channel to, to just walk through easily. Um, but there's also, you know, people who want to start their, their jobs at home and have no idea the first thing about it. Um, and so I thought we could touch a little bit on how we got started um, and, and any clues and tips we have for um, making it work. So um, mm -hmm. I'll start with my own experience. For me, um, I had been reading for friends and forever. Um, mm. I took the course, and um, then I started doing root work on the weekends. I, I had a full-time job in a corporate office building and was doing my thing there. And on the weekends, I was doing root work and reading for people. And when I got tired of my corporate job and was ready to leave it, I had enough clients that I just stepped away from my regular work into mm. um, a business that was right there, you know, happening right mm -hmm. there. So um, it's, that's one path is to start small so that you don't have to make a huge investment of time and money and make it feel like a gamble and make it feel, mm -hmm. you know, like the, you know, there's nothing, um, there's nothing scary about that process. It's just um, kind of fun. And certainly the internet changed everything for me too. Um, it used to be that uh, root workers had had their turf, you know, and they each community had a root worker or two and um, word spread by word of mouth and people knew who to go to for this kind of work. Well, now people look online and um, I have clients all around the world. So I don't have to be um, the best known root worker um, in town. I just have to get one person from every country on earth and I'm, I'm doing great. You know, <laughs> you can't, you can't do better than that. Um, so there are a lot of options that are really good. Um, mm -hmm. People do very well with, with who do psychics who just, um, you know, log in and are available to take readings. Um, and that's nice because you can, again, do it on your own terms. You, you're, mm -hmm. you're on the lines when you choose to be on the lines. It's a good um, side hustle, for lack mm -hmm. of a better term. Um, and uh, that little I'm bit sorry. of money coming in is good. Mm -hmm. I've got a question for you from the chat room, um, Deacon Millen. Mm -hmm. uh, Angela L. asked, um, now I've got to go back and find where she asked it. Angela L. asked, was Deacon Millett raised with root work in his family? And I answered, I'll ask him. I know he's from Texas in the Deep South. So go ahead, you answer that question. I was raised with, um, I, my family is not root workers, but they're advice columnists. Um, mm, so that's right. um, 
Very I was, cool. I was raised in kind of the the agony aunt um, is in my blood. So mm-hmm. um, the the relationship work and talking about relationships um, has become you know it, that's my my primary thing. I turned to root work when my own relationship was on the skids and I needed help and <laughs> turned to my friend Miss Cat and said, "Help me." Um, and also used it in, in my work situation, the, the corporate gig, to, to stay there as long as I could. Um, so I came to it late. I came to um, reading quite early. Um, I was uh, started reading as soon as I was out of high school, um, had mediumship experiences and that sort of thing, um, and have always been doing divination. Um, but the turning to the power of root work was really, for me, a last resort for my own personal issues long before mm-hmm. I decided to hang my shingle out. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I just got to throw in here, your grandmother was quite well known as a professional advice mm-hmm. columnist. And I know you you keep that a little on the down low. You don't brag and boast and, and you know, you have your privacy. But I'm here to testify that she was quite something <laughs> and um, and uh, all you have to add to that is the fact that I believe a person like her could never have gotten as far as she did without some form of spiritual gift to be able to read the people she was reading their advice questions you know what I mean they wanted mm-hmm. to know you know what I mean how to have a family how to juggle in-laws it's an advice column right but mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I believe that she must have had some spiritual gift to be able to get to the core of it, and then I think you inherited that. Mm-hmm. But this also speaks I, to, the, to the to the reality that when we talk about root work, I think everyone immediately thinks of when they think of spiritual work, they think of people who are surrounded by crystals and who are talking about energy all the time and who who really have no who are kind of on a higher plane of existence so to speak but in actuality root work has a great deal of optical connections to a lot of different industries so if you're coming into root work you should come into it from some background you shouldn't just be you know sitting in a cave trying to master ancient spells Adva- advice columns that matters right you're talking mm-hmm. about these to people you're learning how to consult you're giving people advice that that's an important very very important component of it, right? And, and mm-hmm. Agony Ann has all sorts of, you know, fascinating ways of dealing with people, speaking truth in kind of humorous ways and in blunt ways that the root worker really needs to master. And if you look at all the great root workers of the past, you'll find out that they were like, they were pharmacists, right? Or they, mm-hmm. or they had some other, they worked elsewhere and then they brought that expertise with them. They brought that expertise. They were teachers. They were pharmacists. They did something else. They were writers. They were something else, and they brought that practical experience, the really down-to-earth practical component. Because root work is not just about casting spells. It's not about sitting there and selling candles. There is a component to it that is deeply, deeply ground in just advising people and being a counselor of sorts. And that requires a level of expertise in life or experience around life. I tell clients that before they even dream of putting up a shingle, 
because it's nice. Like, oh, I want to read cards and make some money from it. And I have, I never begrudge anyone who wants to go down that route. But I go, before you even do that, you better make sure you've done a lot of these readings to gain that experience. I know, Miss Cat, you're a big uh, fan of uh, saying 100 readings. Do 100 readings, right? Mm-hmm. You get really master that. That's fascinating because the, you find that exact same principle in actual formalized traditions. For example, in Khatal Ramal, or what people call geomancy, before you're even allowed to practice Khatal Ramal, you have to get an ajaza, which is a license. And the licensing, invo- licensing involves a test of 33 or a test of 99. These are 99 mm-hmm. questions that you're asked or 33 questions, depending on which tradition you come from. And why yeah. is it? It's not, it's, not, it's not to test you. It's to develop that experience. Because you're going to get people, it's not just how good you are at reading cards. It's not just how good you are at tarot or how good you are at the crystal ball. You're going to get people that are going to show up and you say, I'm in a custody battle. My child has been disappeared from me. What should I do? That requires right. some expertise. You've got to know a little bit about the law. You've got to know a little bit about how to deal with situations right. like that. There may be cultural components, right? Someone comes to you and goes, I'm, not, I'm, I have, I'm dating someone. I'm really in love, but my mom wants me to marry this other girl. And that you're like, okay, that makes sense. But then you don't realize there's a cultural component there. Ah, this right. other girl is from his, this person's culture. And so this experiential component is so, so important before you get started. It's not just about how talented you are. It's also about do you have real worldly experience? That's right. That's right. Now, you mentioned um, you mentioned pharmacists, writers, and teachers, and I wanted to add that in my study of um, historical hoodoo, I went through the census reports for people who were African-American root workers interviewed by Harry Middleton Hyatt from 1936 to 1970. And right. for many of them, he, their names could be found or some identifying thing, and you right. could look them up in the census. And if you could, their occupation would be listed. And mm-hmm. of the women, very few called themselves a fortune teller. A few did. Mm-hmm. The fortune teller yep. was an occupation that the government recognized or which they declared. But most right. of them were midwives, yep. they were beauticians, and yes. they were seamstresses. Yes. And those are um, all three of them traditionally female occupations in black society. They recognize independence because most um, seamstresses, beauticians, and and midwives at that time were independent. Uh, They were entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. you could say. Mm -hmm. They did not work for a hospital or a clothing factory or a beauty chain store outlet. So they yeah. were already entrepreneurs, and they had a um, a connection to the female clientele yep. they served. So those mm. kinds of things are interesting to think about. When you read Harry Hyatt's interviews, you find that many of the men describe having been read for and what the person yeah. did for them or what the neighbors did or whatever, and they know about mm-hmm. it, but it's mostly women who describe how to do it with a few mm-hmm. exceptions. And those exceptions are men who were in the patent medicine business. And that leads yep. to yeah. urban root medicine and back to pharmacy, although not all were pharmacists. Some of them were what we would call traveling root doctors. And they would, you know, yeah. come into town yeah. with a horse and wagon in the old days or in a truck, you know, flatbed truck or a stake-sided truck, set up a tent, 
pitch their medicine, which would be made with roots and herbs. Usually it would be a mild laxative uh, with a little alcohol um, in it. And uh, they would also do readings. And they would also, usually, if they had a wife, their wife would do readings, they would sell the patent medicine. And these were all African-Americans I'm talking about who did this. Now, there were white people who did it, too. But I'm just Mm -hmm. right now trying to say that there's a grounding in the black community of this kind of work. It's really important to understand the background. And there's another group that were um, traveled with um, carnivals and or Mm -hmm. did stage Mm -hmm. shows where they would um, perhaps have some other thing. They might. They were sometimes called pitchmen, and pitchmen were people who made a pitch and you bought something. So if they weren't booked for readings, they might pitch a carpet cleaner that they would make up themselves, uh, you know, from formula books. And so they were um, home chemists, and they would make these things up. But the same guy mm-hmm. who pitched carpet cleaner could also make you fast luck oil, and he could also do a crystal yeah. ball reading for you. They were they were self-made entrepreneurs. The men very often traveled. The women mostly stayed at home. So that is our historical and cultural background. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. And what is what is a beautician if not an advice columnist that you meet in person? <laughs> right? It's yeah. very true, yeah. right? There's a, there's, I mean, it's very famously, Marie Laveau is believed to have been a, a beautician in addition to, to being the voodoo queen. She was known mm-hmm. for being a beautician and a hairstylist. Dr. Sweets has a question, and I'm going to throw this to Deacon Millett. How did gay men become so popular as readers and root workers? Interesting. I have no idea. Um, I, I, I believe that I I have a certain theory that because we're we grow up in a society where we have to translate things in our head, if we want to enjoy a romantic comedy, we've got to watch a man and a woman and turn that into our kind of love in our brains, and I think that that opens us up to seeing things from a different vantage point. And certainly in um, other cultures, there's, you know, um, the Native American culture, certainly, for instance, um, Mm -hmm. gay men were considered to be um, more spiritual and to um, have have those gifts. Mm. The, the that's, a, that's a fascinating idea. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a historical connection. The hoodoo is shaped predominantly by West African and Congo practices. Uh, the African root of of conjure comes from West Africa and Central Africa, the Congo, and then the Congolese and the Angola. There is a class of men known as the umbanda, and the umbanda are men who wear skirts. And they're men who straddle both the what are called what's the male sphere and the female sphere, and they are uniquely treated as healers and mediums because of their ability to kind of navigate both social worlds. So too are they able to navigate the spirit world, and so some of that kind of is found in um, the Baptist, Southern Baptist tradition, the idea that uh, uh, gay men have a unique ability to see into people's lives, that they have access to the sort of realm of spirit. These are sort of gendered notions that we may not always agree with, right? The same thing with with, with the way that women are treated as having more unique psychic ability or intuition than, say, men do. And so gay men have that. There's that older 
you know, remnant, if you will, of Congolese tradition of men who straddle both spheres. But that speaks very much to what you were talking about, Deacon Millet, the ability to translate, the ability to talk to, the ability to understand or empathize, even if you're not seeing yourself on the big screen. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. That's that's a very important thing. Um, I, I'm also going to say something else. Is that in my opinion, there's another factor, um, which is that um, folk magic tends to be a domestic art. It is um, doesn't fall under the control of the male patriarchy, and therefore folk religion and folk magic as an offshoot of of uh, folk religion are usually practiced by women. In a family that has um, highly specialized gender roles, where the where the patriarch acts one way and the matriarch acts another mm-hmm. way, it's quite common, especially in rural environments, where um, you know the little gay boy cannot run away to the city and live in the Castro district, that he um, takes after grandmother, and grandmother mm-hmm. may already have been a root worker, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. Um, our patriarchal society tends to deprecate and devalue female um, magic. And, you know, tea leaf reading as a divinatory art is scorned, you know, by the high magicians. And and so you'll find uh, mother-identified, grandmother-identified men uh, practicing that form of art. Now, that doesn't mean that they are gay. Not all mother-identified and grandmother-identified men are gay, but they are generally... Um, softer men, even if they are heterosexual. And so Mm. we'll see that as well. Now, Mm -hmm. that leaves aside the fact that there are also charlatans and sex predators in every realm of spiritual endeavor, from the Catholic priests on down. And another thing to be aware of is hyper-masculine readers and root workers who are using reading and root work as a venue in which to Mm -hmm. groom and um, predate upon young women. So gay men are seen as safe in that regard. If you've ever had your, you know, your breasts felt up by a root doctor and you're now, but there's this gay effeminate root doctor, you know, he's not going to hurt you. And so, he is sought out by uh, heterosexual young women as a safe harbor. I mean, this also speaks to at the heart that if you're going to start root work, one of the first things in addition to developing experience is to really set down what your ethical boundaries are. You have to be very clear of what you're getting involved in. You're taking on other people's problems. You're taking on other people's issues, and they are, are deeply, deeply sensitive. And so an organization like Hoodoo Psychics and AIR, they have ethical boundaries. They have ethical guidelines. People <laughs> adhere to a particular standard. Now, if you're not part of an organization like that, the question has to be, what are your standards? So you have to clarify for yourself before you put up that shingle. What type of work are you willing to take on? What are you willing to do for clients? What are your terms and conditions, if you will? But also, what are your ethical boundaries? Are there things that you, types of work that you won't do? Are there certain ways that uh, you want, you know, communication to happen between you and your client? So these are things that you have to think about practically. Be aware of what you, where you are, what you're taking on before you even decide to start a website or put your shingle up. There, there's an element of you have to sit down and go, okay. 
What am I willing to offer people? What are my boundaries? What am I willing to take on? Maybe you don't want to take on court cases. Maybe you don't want to take on death cases. Maybe there are things that you can't do, and maybe you have to clarify that stuff. You have to be very clear. Make sure the more preparatory work that you do, the more time you spend thinking this stuff out, the more headache it will save you down the line. Mm-hmm. I, there's another thing I'd like to talk about. So you want to be a root doctor. You do need to learn how taxes work. You are need, mm. going to need to learn about business licenses. You're going to need to know the difference between PayPal and a bank. You're going to mm-hmm. need to know the differences between uh, social media and a website. There are things that every root doctor needs to know just the way every book dealer needs to know or mm-hmm. every glass blower needs to know. Just because you're working in a spiritual environment doesn't mean that the IRS will not be coming after you for that $36,000 in back taxes. Right? Mm-hmm. That's very true. Practical you also need to know about what a contract you need to know what a contract is. You need to know what um, copyright is, what mm. trademark is. These mm-hmm. are very important things. I so often find my writings ripped off by people, and when I come on to down on them like a ton of bricks, the first thing I hear is, "Oh, we didn't know you had to do copyright spiritual stuff." You know, we didn't know copyright applied to books. So get yourself um, educated. Get yourself educated about the mundane world. All right. Well, that was a a crash course. And everybody who heard this, I hope that you really find a path for yourself forward as a root doctor. I'm going to one little more shout out. Deacon Millett, Contraman Ali, and me, Cat Iron, would all give business consultation uh, hours to people who want to learn to be root workers. We will uh, teach you on the phone if you'd like. Okay? Just saying. <laughs> All right. Let's turn this over to Evan, and we're going to um, get our first client in. So Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with your host, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman, and this week's special guest, Deacon Millet, will be right back. We'll be taking calls from our, lesson, from our listeners, answering their questions through spiritual divination and prescribing down-home conjure remedies and remediation. Our calling clients are selected from among those who have filled out a short questionnaire at the Lucky Mojo forum at forum.luckymojo.com. Listen to the show online through Blog Talk Radio or via telephone by dialing 818-394-8535. If you filled out a client questionnaire at the forum, please dial in now and press 1 to let us know that you're available to be on the air. We'll select callers by their area code. And if announced, we'd like you to say hello and let me, your announcer, Evan Lionheart, read a brief description of your situation before turning it over to our host. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to our first caller. And our first caller looks to be Yamma from Kentucky, area code 502. Are you there? I am here. And it's Yamma. My granddaughter couldn't say Yamma, so... I do apologize. <laughs> yes. Thank you for clarifying. All right. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thank you for giving us a call as well. And it does appear that as per your submission, you have not had a reading with either our guest or our host. Is that correct? I have not. Excellent. Thank you so much. And I'm going to go ahead and read your synopsis, which is very short. It just says, I'm interested in being a root worker. 
I feel very drawn to rework, and I'm wondering if it's the right path for me. So right on topic, I'm going to pass it back over to you, Ben (laughs) (laughs) The funny thing is, I knew I would get picked. (laughs) Okay. Um, Well, let's ask you a couple of questions, and um, I will do the, the first reading for you. And uh, Deacon Millet will do the second reading, and then Conjurman will give you some root work advice. Hey, this is right on. So, um, Yama, uh, what sign of the zodiac are you? I am a Capricorn sun, Pisces moon, and Virgo rising. Okay, mm-hmm. note, mm-hmm. note, she gave all three points. So mm-hmm. that's points because uh, many people say, oh, well, I, oh, I don't know, I was born in uh, December, blah, blah. Do you know what that is? That that doesn't suit them well to be a reader. Not that every reader has to be an astrologer, but since astrology is probably worldwide the most popular form of reading, you ought to at least know your three points, sun, moon, rising, sign, and be able to just say them, even if you don't know the degrees. Thank you, Yama. That was great. So it was Capricorn, sun, and? Pisces, moon. Pisces, moon, and? Virgo, rising. Virgo rising. Okay, two earths and one water. All right. And about how old are you? I just turned 49. 49. All right. Still in the prime of life and uh, nothing to complain about. (laughs) Yeah, well, good for you. All right. So what I'm going to do is break out my cards, take them out of my little Whitman sampler tin, and um, give them a a quick shuffle and see what I get. And it's going to be three cards for Yama. Card number one, very good. It is the Ace of Pentacles. So this is a card that shows the hand of God holding a big coin, and there is a, a little uh, garden with lilies in it, and around the garden is a hedge of red roses with thorns. And this says to me that um, you probably have been doing reading and stuff in a more limited environment. Is that correct? That is correct. Yeah. So you're reading for friends and family. That's the lilies. You may not be charging much, if any, because the lilies, you know, neither they toil nor do they spin. They don't have a source of income. But you are ready to walk through that path and walk out that arch of red roses where your passion is, red roses, and up to the mountains. And God says, you're worth it. You can earn money at it. Right? That's what the big coin is. Okay. So do you read cards? Do you read charts? What do you do? Uh, I am very intuitive. And the thing that has kind of brought me here is I'm not really sure what I need to do. But Mm -hmm. I had a dream a couple days ago that I was giving information. And someone in my dream, I don't remember, I think it was my grandmother, said psychometry to me. So that's been stuck on me. Wow. Okay. Well, that's amazing. All right. The second card I have is the star. And the star kind of goes back to what Deacon Millet was saying about his grandmother being a professional advice columnist. Um, This is the star is the woman of generosity who gives and gives, who helps other people uh, on their way. She pours water on the little flowers. They all Uh, bloom as best they can. Some do, some fail, but she tries to get every little flower watered. She has a tree behind her with the birds singing, and that stands for, you know, telling your truth, speaking, writing, 
and communicating. And overhead, she has the a big star of Venus. That's what she loves to do. And she has the seven sisters of the Pleiades. It's a, it's a card of hope and generosity. You would be very good at giving people advice, very good at um, being a counselor. This card sometimes shows up, for instance, among people who have been professional social workers and counselors. So that leads me to ask the next question. What have you been doing since you're 49 years old? What have you done to earn a living previously? I've done, well, I've been a customer relations manager for a yes. large auto yes. dealership. Yes. And people like to ask me for advice. I'm like a magnet to needy yes. people. Yes. So this, exactly. So you've already, customer service is kind of the most mundane form of the same thing. You're just getting people from from point unsatisfied to point satisfied, right? But this mm-hmm. is about Absolutely. a much bigger proposition. This is about getting their entire life more in order. Okay. And card number three is a, a card that says doing this and this is such a good a good reading here. Uh, doing this is going to be um, a little bit, again, like what Deacon Millett said. He said he had a day job, and then he started doing this, and he just sort of kept on adding more and more reading till he just sort of was able to leave the day job behind. And the same is true of a number of my other friends who have followed that path. So this card is called the Seven of Pentacles. This is a man with a big bush, and on the bush there were golden coins, six big golden coins. And he also has a small bush with one golden coin. So this says multiple streams of income. He he has a hoe when he's been chopping out weeds. Don't chop out or destroy any source of income yet. See which one grows the bigger. And when that one gets to be the size that it can support you, then's the time to ease on over to reading and root work. You do have the ability. It's shown in these three cards. Your particular ability is to be a counselor and advisor. And um, intuitive sounds about right. But you have another um, advantage here that you might want to talk about. And maybe countrymen will get to this. There are two pentacles here. And that could mean money. But it also means that you might have some craft talent to make amulets or talismans to people. Okay. I am kind of crafty. I knew it. I knew it. So what we see here is that that may be a particular realm in which you can make things for people. Okay? Just saying that that's a very good idea. All right. I'm going to uh, turn this over to Deacon Millett. Thank you. Well, I'm I'm going to use a different uh, set of cards. I use the Secret Dakini Oracle deck. And um, these are the cards I've been reading with since I was 20 years old. And the first card I pull here is Recall Memory. Um, And this card shows uh, seashells that if you hold them up to your ear, you hear the echoes of the waves in your ears. And um, this is about the echoes of your past in your present. And um, I... I assume that this means that you have experiences in your past um, that guide you toward root work and divination, um, and that there's a familiarity um, of, of bringing this back into your life. Um, second card here is Tree Spirit Yakshi. Um, this is a card of the seasons. It is a card, it shows the 
a tree and the sun and the moon, and it is about uh, one chapter coming to a close and another chapter opening. Um, I always recommend that people meditate upon Ecclesiastes 3 when this card shows up. Um, And uh, it does point to leaving one thing behind and moving into another um, form of work. Um, And it, it also says that you need to get started on something with the solstice, um, and that's coming up in about um, a month. Right. Um, and that mm-hmm. would be a very good time for planting new seeds um, and starting new possibilities. The third card here is a little more aggressive. Uh, um, this is the phoenix card. The phoenix is the bird that arises from the ashes of its own death. And um, this is a card of second chances. This is a card that says there's a whole new um, life ahead for you. Um, But eventually you will burn the old life to ground in order to be reborn in in this new life. So also very positive um, cards for uh, moving forward with root work or divination as a profession looks very good for you. Well, it would probably be like one of those hobby things, which mm-hmm. is kind of what it is now that hopefully mm-hmm. again, you know, eventually will well, provide what me I saw in extra that, money what for I my saw granddaughter. In that first card, I'm sorry, what I saw in mm-hmm. the first card is start charging money. Start mm-hmm. charging money mm-hmm. and see how far it gets you. Let's turn this over to um, uh, Conjurman Holly. He's going to come up with some root work for you to do mm-hmm. uh, something to get you to make that transition, and we'll see what he suggests. Thank you. Yeah, I think you've, you've received some fantastic re- readings there. Um, I should just state that that Kat, when she said multiple streams of income, right on. If you, if you're uh, you know, if you have Virgo rising in a whole sign house, that means that your 10th house is Gemini. Gemini is a double-bodied. It almost always indicates someone who has multiple streams of income. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's right right on the money there. But also you said your moon was in Pisces, so my, uh, Pisces would be in your 7th house. That's a very clear indication of a person who has some intuitive ability. Generally, um, other people come to them for advice and some connection with spirit. So based off of that, my first recommendation right off of the bat is ancestral work. The fact that you had a dream, that you had a vision, and you were told, hey, maybe pick up psychometry, that is is an indication that you are having communication with the realm of spirit. And so you want to build that up. If you haven't already, set up a space for your ancestors. Give them water, light candles. In your Mm -hmm. instance, I would recommend adding a splash of Florida water to the cup of water that you put out. So don't just put out water, add just a little bit of Florida water. You can also keep the Florida water on the altar. Ancestor altars work best as you build them up. The more of a connection you build, the stronger you'll be able to hear their voices. So put on mementos of your ancestors. Your grandmother, you said, came through. So put images of your grandmother on there. If there's a particular cup of tea your grandmother really enjoyed, or there's a saucer that she loved in life, or, or, or you know, a 
particular cloth, place that on the altar. Maybe you have her glasses. You want to build that connection over time, and you want to be patient with it. It will take time to build that connection. You're learning another language, so to speak, and so you have to learn to tune yourself in. As you're doing this, I want you to also pick up the regular practice of writing your dreams down. With that uh, moon in Pisces and that Pisces in the seventh house, you are likely going to have the ability to dream true, meaning that you will dream of things before they happen or that you will get a strong insight from your dreams. So dreams are going to be very important for developing your psychic ability. Write down your dreams every time you wake up and then check them the next day. See what came about. See what happened. This will also help to develop a dream dictionary, a sort of vocabulary, psychic vocabulary for yourself. So that let's say you dream of a, of a car accident, but the next day you get money, right? Maybe car accidents mm-hmm. for you in your dreams mean money. A sudden money is going to show up or something along those lines. You'll develop a, a sort of vocabulary and you need to know that. But this will also develop a very strong connection with your spirit. The more attuned you become with ancestor work and dream work, the stronger you'll become in things like psychometry. Psychometry is a skill, but it is a skill I often say is one of the psychic skills you have to kind of be born with. You can train in it. You can develop in it. And this is one way. You start to develop your psychic faculty. You build a physical connection to your ancestors. You put your grandmother's cloth on there or or glasses, and you Mm -hmm. touch them. You feel them. You hold them. You put the pictures on them. The more you're able to kind of do that, the more you'll develop it. And then start to practice psychometry. Take photos and touch the photos before you know anything about them. And then look them up. Who is this a photo of? Was this a person? Could you pull details from that particular photo? Uh, set up a magical coaching session with the psychometrist par excellence, Miss Cat. You know, she's done the psychometry readings on the show, on this radio show. Um, And she, go and check out that radio show. I mean, it's very brilliant work. Go and listen to it. And then go and set up a magical coaching session so you can learn a little bit more about how to develop that particular skill. Because you're interested in psychometry, because you want to make money off of it, you really need to develop a strong talismanic ally here. And I would recommend a mojo bag, a mojo bag that will help to filter out so that people aren't just coming to you for advice. They're actually coming to you when they need your help, but they're also willing to pay you. They're willing to give you something for your skill. I want you to take the first pentacle of the sun. This is a Solomonic seal. Print this out. You can get the uh, Hoodoo jukebox, which has like all of the seals and everything you okay. might need. Um, you can get awesome. you can get the first pentacle of the sun. Turn it around, and on the back, write your petition. Your petition should be very clear. Lord, let me help those in need with my skills. Bring to me clients who will value me and give me. Uh, what I'm worth or give me the money that I seek. Make sure that there is a component of not just helping people, but also helping yourself, that you are compensated for the work that you do. Kudu does not have any tensions with material success. There is no idea that a spiritual person can't be, you know, physically or materially successful. And there's absolutely no idea that if you're a spiritual person, you shouldn't charge for it. There's always been an exchange at the heart of who it recognizes that value. And so be open, write about it. You know, let me bring to me clients that I can help and clients who will pay me. Write that on the first pentacle of the sun, fold that up and place it into your mojo bag along with Angelica, Althea, okay. Star Anise, five-finger grass, and Queen Elizabeth. 
This is a fantastic mix for what you're looking for. Queen Elizabeth Root will give you mastery over all that you do. Five Finger Grass will ensure you success with all five of your fingers and bring you the money that you seek. Star Anise will develop your psychic skills. Althea will draw to you helpful spirits and helpful allies. And Angelica will act as a guardian, a sort of filter to ensure that you bring the right person. In addition to that, I will add, I would say, add a silver coin, a mercury dime, if you can get your hands on them. Place it in there, pray your prayer into the mojo bag, and then I want you to knot it three times. Feed this mojo bag the master key oil, crown of success, and psychic vision, and this will be your ally. Make sure that you keep this on your person as you're doing your readings. Keep it under your pillow when you are sleeping, and it will help to develop your psychic ability. It will help to develop your skills as a reader and root worker, and it will start to bring you the clients that you're seeking so that you will be successful in all that you do. This is one of those root or mojo bags that I would say don't let anybody see. It is your secret ally. Don't let anyone see it. And with, of course, no mojo bag should be touched, but this one definitely so. But what you can do is if you're doing readings for a person and the person is, say, not in the room, you're doing it over the phone or you're doing it over Skype or whatnot, you can actually finger the mojo bag, hold it in your hands or place it onto the table so that it is an ally. Don't feel, don't, you know, don't, don't just treat it as an object that you put in your pocket and you forget. This should be actively treated, so make sure that you touch it. Make sure that you hold it in your hands as you're doing those readings, and make sure that you feed it weekly. That's what I would recommend for you. Let's see if Deacon Millet and Miss Cat have any further recommendations. Well, wow. Well, I think that was great. Yeah. Definitely. Well, I would add a a sachet to help you uh, dream true and um, and bring money to your psychic um, endeavors. Uh, and just a small muslin bag of chamomile, hops, and lavender. And um, okay. sleep with that. Sleep with that under your pillow. Um, it will both soothe your dreams and help prophetic dreams come your way. Um, so that's certainly something I would suggest. Um, and Conjurman brought up the three um, oils that I think you definitely want to have, and you may want the bath crystals and the incenses as well, psychic vision, okay. master key, and crown of success. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's really a perfect combination for you. Um, so uh, I, I also think reaching out to as many different people, um, getting as many test readings with others so that you can learn from them, um, I think that that's going to help you a lot as well. Wonderful, wonderful work. We wish you all the best and all the success. And uh, call back when you get your business cards printed. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, now, we're going to have the strange piece of reality that was not brought to us by the composer Bernard Herrmann. Actually, I think we'll be going straight to our second client. So I'm just going to jump in here really quick. Oh, and, we're, not, uh, yeah. we're not going to have a, <laughs> no. Okay, I thought we were going to have a little bit of a whatever. No? Okay. Um, not just yet. We're going to stay tuned oh, okay. because the Lucky Mojo Show is going to Root Work Hour okay. with your host, Catherine Ironwood and Conjure Man, and this week's special guest, Deacon Millet, will be right back. 
Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call one 888 hoodoo or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to our second client. And our second client appears to be calling from area code 619 and goes by the name Miss Angel Love. Are you there, Miss Angel Love? Hi, yes, I'm here. Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us. And it appears that you have <laughs> um, it appears that you've not had a reading with either our host, uh, Deacon Millett, or either of our guests. Is that correct? That's correct. Excellent. Thank you so much. And it appears, uh, as per your situation you've written, I've been having three dreams back to back, three days in a row now about being killed. Oh my goodness, I'm sorry. Um, so I want to know, what does that mean for me? Is it bad? Should I be worried? Turning it over to you, Ms. Katz. Oh my gosh. Well, as um, as mm. Evan Lionheart said, uh, I'm so sorry that's happening. Yes, it does have a meaning. It is absolutely something that should be paid attention to. So our first reading is going to be with Conjurant Ollie, second reading with Deacon Millet, and I will supply the root work. Yeah, thanks. Uh, a qu- quick question. When you say you're being killed, you're saying there's a third party, like there's an actual, you're being killed, not like uh, you die of an accident or something like that. Right, no, like on purpose or yeah. a third party. So the reason, uh-huh. the reason, the reason I asked that is the very first, so I've cast a geomantic chart, which helps me to kind of get to the root of a problem. And in geomancy, in addition to casting the figures, something that you can do is a series of calculations that reveal hidden components. So there's a thing called the okay. part of the underworld or the hidden root. And what you do is you sort of uh, count up various points and then subtract and subtract until you're left with something under than t- other than 12 or under 12. And it gives you a figure and that says, this is the hidden thing, the thing that cannot be seen and the root of why something is happening. And that figure for you is Tristitia and Tristitia falls into the seventh house here. Tristitia is the stake that is being driven into the ground. It is an enemy. It is someone who is working against you. Your dream here is a, is a very clear omen of it, an augury, a sign that you will have an enemy who is working against you. And the seventh house is often seen as relationships, but it's also of other people, of our enemies, of our opponents. In Geomancy, for example, when we cast competition charts, the first house is you and the seventh house is your competitor. But this is an indication that you have an enemy who is actively working to harm you, who is working behind the scenes to do damage to you. This is a Saturnian figure. It is a figure of an enemy and a figure of damage that isn't being done over time to bury you. And so this is why you have the image of, uh, oh, I'm I'm being killed here, because someone is spiritually killing you. Someone is actively working to harm you here. So uh, this is not a particularly good figure, and it is a very strong warning that protects 
protection work needs to be done, work to uncover. Okay. The first house is cauda draconis, the end of something. So this is related to something ending or something closing, um, a relationship that may have come to the close at, at the uh, you know in the past, a partnership, a friendship, and uh, something that had come to an end in your past. So this is related to your past. It's related to something that was going on in your life, and it is is now happening behind the scenes, out of sight of your physical sight, but not out of sight of your psychic sight. So you, you're very clearly picking up on it. You're very able to see that something is happening here, even if you don't physically see what's going on in front of you. So this is a warning. It's a warning dealing with the past. I'm not sure if this is perhaps an ex or a former friend or an old, old co-worker, but someone, something has come to an end, something has closed, but that person is unwilling to let it go. That person is still bearing ill will and they are working against you as an enemy. Your dreams have given you a warning. One good thing that you can take away from this is that you have the ability to dream. So the subtitle of this uh, radio show today will be uh, how to become a root worker and dreaming big apparently because everybody okay. <laughs> has some sort of dream component associated with them but this is a sign that you yeah. have the ability to dream so you might develop that ability you might develop that skill the good news here is that the final figure known as the khatam or the result of the result is fortuna mayor meaning that you can turn this situation around that you can fix this you will need to do work around the sun solar work protective work uh, cleansing work this should be about uh, really empowering yourself. Van Van is going to be a really good ally for you, and this cat will know okay. how to kind of incorporate that. Um, and But also develop your abilities as a dreamer. See if you can find more, if you can invoke the dream, if you can get more details from it. Start to write your okay. dreams down as a dream diary because your ability to dream is your early warning system. Okay. That's what I see here for you. It is a very clear enemy confirmed by Geomancy. And I'm going to turn this over to Deacon Miller and Miss Cat mm-hmm. will give you root work advice. Okay. All right. Thank you, Ali. Before we go to Deacon Millen, I want to say that Miss Athena had a very important question. Does she see the face of her murderer? Do you? Yes, I do. And do you, is it always the same person in all three dreams? No, it's not. And can you, do you recognize any of those three as someone you know? I do not. No. No. Okay. That was important information. That that. Um, thanks for Miss Athena asking that. Okay. Let's turn this over okay. to Jake yeah. and Millen. Just, just real quick. If you can't recognize who they are, that means the person's a shapeshifter. That just means they they're taking on different forms when they're attacking. It's probably still one person. Okay. Yes, and um, right. Doc Murphy said I'm getting in my reading that her foe is paying a worker to get her in dreams, and so a worker would do that. Would would shapeshift. Yeah, just yeah. saying. Okay. <laughs> Onward to Deacon Millet. <laughs> okay. Well, um, yeah, the first card here is is really bad. Um, it, it's Holocaust. Um, it shows a house exploding in flame, and out of the um, chimney there are eyeballs that are flying, people watching um, the devastation. This is the tower of the traditional tarot. Um, and it definitely points to bad things ahead for you if you don't take action. So we're glad you're here. We'll we'll help you take action. Um, But this is quite a scary card. The second card is Heart Drop, Um, and 
this is a card in, in my love readings. I say it's a card of long distance relationships, but this is a card of, of, a, of somebody doing things at a distance. So um, this may be somebody who's uh, an antagonist online. It may be, as was suggested, um, a root worker who's been hired to come against you or some other um, force but it appears to not be someone in your vicinity who's doing the work. The third card is puja purification. And this shows um, a monk pouring water and flowers over a lingam. Um, it, it may be that uh, something you have done has angered someone there may be some jealousy issues here um, and definitely doing some cleansing to get rid of any kind of crossing that may have come up um, seems super important. So you may wish to cleanse your home um, and uh, cleanse your, your physical self um, as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Well, that was pretty uh, definitely on the uh, confirmatory side. Now, I'm going to combine these to make a little bit of root work for you. Puja purification was great because that that was kind of going where I was going anyway, which is a house cleaning and cleaning yourself. But something else that Contraband said about uh, Tristitia and being buried in the underground, that can mm-hmm. refer to death, meaning you would die and be buried in a graveyard, but it also can really re- uh, remind us of dirt being piled on you. And I wonder if there's also some component of gossip. The idea that the person is far away uh, was broached, mm-hmm. and it may not be someone near to you, but whoever is doing it has... Uh, been putting out shape-shifting energy. And this is a, someone who either is an experienced dream attacker or has hired somebody, as was suggested in the chat uh, room. So I'm going to start you with the simplest thing to do, and that is to mm-hmm. clean your house. And okay. I would recommend for that that you use either Chinese wash or Van Van oil or Van Van bath crystals in warm water. And you can, if you like to use pine, you can add a little pine salt to the Chinese wash. Some people like the two combined. And you're going to clean your house. Now, do you live in a large place or apartment? How big is it? Uh, It's an apartment studio. Apartment studio, okay. Okay, so you're going to figure out where where is your front door. And presumably, usually by law, you have two, two exits to any one of these places. Um, so you got a back door and a front door, and you're going to start at the back, and you're going to work toward the front. And if it's some funny shape, you're going to just make a pattern that'll work. You want to start in each room from the top. Even that includes like getting a Swiffer on a stick and doing the ceiling. But you're going to just run over it with the Chinese wash or Van Van, depending on what the surface is. You don't want to leave soapy things where that wouldn't be appropriate. You don't want to put... Um, oil where that wouldn't be appropriate. So you might need a few different things. Bath crystals in warm water will work almost every place. You don't need to wipe it and get it all wet, but you do want to just run over everything from top to bottom in each room and all the rooms from back to front. And the water that you're going to um, 
get that'll get dirty, you're going to um, there's two different ways to do it. In the old days, when people lived in a house, they would take that water outside and throw it in the road or in the gutter, not in their property. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, most people they live in an apartment, they have to throw it down a, a pipe. Now, some people say, I don't want that mess in my pipes, and others say, well, but it's still clean because it's got the Chinese wash in it. And and I've also been told every entrance into your house um, and every mm-hmm. exit should be done. So you should pour the water down the toilet, the bathroom lavatory, the kitchen sink, and every other place where where water comes in, that should go out. So you're kind of making a ritual of it. Some people say take the excess water to a crossroads and scatter it. There are many ways to do it. You can do all of those. Don't forget your bathtub either. Uh, you can do all of those. Once you have cleaned out the house and gotten rid of all of the scrub water, I want you to take a moment and you're going to prepare to protect yourself because this is coming to you in your bedroom. So now wherever your bedroom is in the house, that's going to be the center. And you're going to start with the bed and put some protection oil or fiery wall of protection oil. And I think since these are dreams of death, you'd rather use fiery wall of protection oil than just straight up protection oil. It kind of gives them a little bit of kickback if they come toward you. And you're going to do the uh, legs of your bed. If if your bed is on the floor, you're going to have to work out how you're going to put that on the mattress or whatever. You can use the bath crystals and dissolve them in water. Do your bedding, uh, fiery wall of protection. But you want to uh, kind of put all of that around. And... Under the bed, you're going to put a Bible, and you're going to open it to Psalms number 91. And on that open Bible, you're going to put a knife or a pair of scissors that is open. And that is to protect you while you sleep. And then you can take the same uh, oils and go to the four corners of the bedroom. If you like camphor, you can put camphor squares in the corners. Um, some people don't like the smell, just what, however you feel. Some people like sage. Some people hate it. I hate it, so I never use it. Um, but some people will also use rosemary. There's different things that can be used in the corners. Bay leaves is another. They come from different cultures and different regions of African-American uh, culture. But Whatever you're going to do, you want to put something in the corner. If you put on camphor squares, sometimes people will put a dime on top of that square. They come four in a pack. You just break them up, one in each corner. Once you've done the bedroom, then you go to the rest of the house, and you're going to just put the fiery wall of protection on all of the doors and windows. Oh, you have to do that in your bedroom, too. Uh, Four corners of the doors and the center of the door. If the door is glass or the window is glass, you don't want to put a spot on it. You just make it in the air. Many people will draw a cross in all four corners. Some people put a dot, but you're going to put a five spot on each door, each window in the house, starting with the bedroom. Let no evil penetrate. Let no evil come through. Let only good spirits and good people enter. And you get all the way up to the front door, and you are done protecting the house. Now, there's one more step you can take, and I don't know if, if it's a good one to tell you, but I will tell anyone who might want to listen, if you want to still have good dreams, positive dreams, you could take some clarity oil and psychic vision oil and go around the outside. But if you're up in an apartment, how are you going to get outdoors? I don't know. You've got to figure it out. But you go around outside and say, may good dreams of clear vision enter this house. And that's on the outside. And you can also put a little bit of that um, around your bed, too. All right. That's my... uh, 
complicated but uh, pretty <laughs> thorough mm. way to deal with all of this. Does anyone have anything to add to that? Yeah, I, I would recommend some some mirror work. I mean, first, uh, the f- very first thing is you need to sit down and take stock of what happened in your past. Try to figure out on a practical level, is this an ex, is this a former coworker? This is someone who something has closed and ended. Either you ended the relationship or closed the relationship, and but they're still holding on. They still got a sense of revenge. It's some some element of figuring it out. But some okay. mirror protection work is really useful here. I'm going to give you a trick of mine that I've used before. I do a lot of this type of work, dream work. Mm-hmm. But I know how to handle enemies like this. And here's a really old-timey uh, charm that actually comes from uh, Middle Eastern magic, and it's called a mirror to trap enemies. You're going to get a mirror, and you're going to uh, smoke this mirror in a mix of Bailey's, mint and rue. This is to uh, provide protection. You're going to anoint it with Van Van oil. This is the hoodoo addition to it. And you're going to take nine devil shoe string that you're going to tie with a red string and you're going to hang from the mirror. The mirror must be placed in your bedroom, but it has to face the doorway. Do not have it facing your bed. This is not a portal. This is not a thing you're supposed to be looking at. This is literally meant to reflect outwards out of your door, out of your house. You're going to place it there and it will act as a protection. If you have another nightmare where someone uh, kills you or harms you, wake up. Now, you should have this set up before you go to bed so it'll be easier so you're not running around grabbing things. But you're going to take a white candle when you wake up, anoint it with black arts oil, clarity oil. Then you're going to take a bay leaf and you're going to burn it into the candle. You're going to burn it. Light it on fire, then take that burning bay leaf and rub it into the mirror. Rub those ashes. Just streak it right onto the ashes and say, Bay leaf, as you are the sign of the sun, reveal to me all that's hidden. And you should then look at the smudge. You'll either see that person's face or you'll see the initials of that person. You will then know who that is, and then you can take appropriate measures to deal with them. Once you've done that okay. with the mirror, you'll wrap it up in a black cloth. you pour jinx killer over it and you break it with a hammer bury it at the cemetery or under a tree root you can then Mm -hmm. reset it up as a protection for you a new mirror but don't keep that old mirror it must be disposed of that's what i would recommend in addition to the great you've already been given okay that's a really that's a really really good one um also in the chat um miss athena said um if you are follow um, Catholic saints or other religions that have saints, you might work with St. Michael, who protects, um, mm, and ask St. Yes. Michael for help. And um, there are other uh, you know, forms of this work. Obviously, there are a lot of forms of this work, and um, I, I'm very impressed with uh, what Conjurman Ali said. Okay. All right, and and, uh, call us back if there's more developments. I also would be very careful, and I would probably look at my astrology also to see if I'm not in a time of accidents or distress. Uh, We didn't have time to go into that, but I'd be very cautious during the next um, few weeks. Just saying, it's not a good sign, okay? Okay. Now it's time for the music that is not by Bernard Herrmann, but I'm not sure if it's by Hugo Montenegro. 
LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time to go to our free spell segment with Deacon Millet of fouraltars.org in California. Take it away, Deacon. Thanks, Evan. Um, so we're going to do a spell to help with starting a new business. Um, this will work whether the business you're starting is as a root worker or some other uh, occupation, um, but it's for entrepreneurial success. So we're going to start with drawing an eight-sided star on parchment paper, and we'll draw one square with another overlapping it to create the eight-sided star. Orient one corner toward north, and then your other corners will be reaching out southeast, west, northeast, northwest, southeast, southwest. And we're trying to draw clients and customers to you um, from all all directions, um, and not even going with four. We're going with eight. In each of those eight directions, in the corners of the star, write a goal that you need to accomplish to get your business up and running. And you'll go clockwise around the star. For instance, um, save up some money, find a mentor, uh, write down your business model, get a business license, join an, an association, Set up a website, purchase your supplies, and figure out your promotion. That would be eight. But these can be any eight that you need personally. In the center of the star, place a money-drawing lodestone, name it, beat it with magnetic sand. Then, in each of those corners, on top of the goals, you're going to place a coin. You want to use foreign coins, silver coins, anything you feel is lucky, a coin with the date of your birth on it. Um, Mercury, silver dimes are great. Um, And you're going to need eight of those going around the star. You'll also want to have eight green candles, either chime candles or emergency candles or small tapers or votives um, and condition oils that are appropriate to your goals, some possibilities, um, attraction for attracting customers, money drawing, um, King Solomon wisdom to help you make good good decisions, crown of success, um, master key is always good, and if you're wanting to be a root worker, psychic vision oil would be a good one to anoint a candle. Now, you're going to go to your first goal. You will replace the coin with the candle. You'll dress the candle and light it, praying to fulfill that goal. 
You want to keep that coin in your pocket or purse until you feel like you've successfully made it through um, and accomplished that goal. Then you'll place the coin by the lodestone, feed the lodestone with magnetic sand, move to the second coin to accomplish the second goal. Again, light the candle, anoint the candle, light the candle, and take the second coin with you. And you'll be doing these until you have all eight goals completed and the eight coins are all with your lodestone. At that point, um, I'd put the eight coins under your front door of your business. If you've got a, a, an office, um, you can place it under your desk if your business is, is virtual. Um, if you're a delivery person, put it under the car floor mat. Um, just place it somewhere appropriate to what you're working on. If you're going to be a, if you're working as a seamstress, put it underneath your sewing machine. The lodestone will keep in your cash box or your register to continue drawing money and customers. And just make sure you dispose of the paper and wax appropriately. You'll want to bury that um, or uh, burn it and dispose of it at the crossroads. Um, so that's uh, my uh, success model plan for um, getting your new business underway. Um, and I'm looking forward to hearing uh, what suggestions Ms. Kat and Conderman have to add to it. This is really good, uh, and I really love it, Deacon Millett. The thing about it that makes it so interesting to me is that there's no time limit on it. Many people say, oh, yes, light eight candles for your eight desires. But what if you don't really know how to nail one of them down in the real world? So this one, you're carrying that coin with you as a reminder that this is your task. And you can't unlock the next level until you have finished that level. And this is a a real wake-up call to people who want to um, imagine they're going to have success. This is going to make them actually take those steps. You know, turn in that Hoodoo Correspondence course homework. Get your certificate. Get your business cards printed. Whatever your steps are, it has to happen on the mundane or material plane. So I really like what you did there because you can't just have it all circling around your brain. It's going to have to actually play out. And you'll be, or you'll be carrying that coin for two years. <laughs> <laughs> I got to uh, say. Cousin, um, Joshua, Cousin Joshua says, do I recall correctly that Deacon Millet is a Taurus? No, he is a Capricorn. I've got to say, I've got to say, um, I, I love, I don't have anything to add to this. I just love your altar work. The first uh, actual um, introduction I've had to Deacon Millet was actually through his air page. I remember when I was looking through there, if everyone goes to Deacon Millet's air page, like the one, two, three, the fourth picture down with the altar and he's got that circle and the cross and the candles and the, I mean, it's just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful work uh, for psychic vision. And so it reminds me, you guys, you really have some of the best altar arrays. The idea of the star here with the coins and the lodestone and the candle, just gorgeous. This methodical, beautiful aesthetic. 
You know, this is something, too, we didn't mention when we talked about so you want to be a root worker. Bring whatever skills you have. And, of course, as many people know, Deacon Millett has been both a writer, a typographer, and a graphic designer. Uh, So his altar work looks like graphic designs. It's beautiful. Yeah. So true. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. Thanks to the clients who um, let us read for them. And um, Evan is already saying goodnight. Um, well, let's, let's have Evan say goodnight in a more formal way as he takes us out of here, and then we'll all come back and say bye-bye. I'm working off two screens, so I'm trying to multitask. <laughs> but thank you, Ms. Cat, and thank you, Kajamea. And thank you, Deacon Millet of fouralters.org in the high desert of California for being our guest this week. Next week, we'll feature a special rebroadcast while we attend the Jewish Folk Magic Festival. But you can join us March 7th for Oracle Hour with Papa G on TV reading. The Lucky Mojo Hootie Root Work Hour was brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curing Company in Forestville, California. Find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjurman at conjurmanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Evan Lionheart, joining you from evanlionheart.com in New Jersey. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in archive via Lucky Mojo dot com forward slash radio show dot html all of us at lucky mojo i'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the memphis jug band playing the jug band waltz thanks everybody good night thank you so much evan and uh, just to remind everybody we will be off because we're going to the jewish folk magic festival the URL is there. You can also go to um, learn.templeofmiriam.com forward slash Jewish-magic-festival-2021. <laughs> um, <laughs> that festival is being put on by our good friend, Dr. Jeremy Weiss. Uh, Tony I, who is in our chat, is going to be um, one of the presenters there. Uh, check it out. Jewish Folk Magic is a really wonderful um, form of work. Our next live show will be Tea Leaf Reading with Papa G, and that will be the first week of March. We hope to see some of you in the Zoom and conference that goes along with the Jewish Folk Magic Festival, because we're going to be there. All righty. Doc Murphy said she's going to be a reader there. Well, good for you, Doc Murphy. All righty. Well, time to say goodbye. Bye-bye. Goodbye. 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 Goodbye.